When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, testing mics again. I'm testing my mic and uh, coming through okay. Johnny, let's get you speaking into the mic. Into the mic? Okay. The Was I not before? Yeah, on and off. Okay. Is there a if we had I'm not saying go buy a new table, but if we had a pentagonal table, would it be easier to look at each other? While still looking into the mics? Yeah, if we had a round oh. or pentagonal mm. table, it might... I guess round is a more common table shape. I would love for us to get a pentagonal table, but... Uh, Praise him. A, yeah, a pentagram table. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. now that would be cool. Straight, but Satan is the only one who sells them, mm. and they're on back order. You have to make a deal and wait four to seven weeks. <laughs> business weeks. Uh, it's business weeks, which is... A business week is Monday through Wednesday. <laughs> So we join our crew as they are loading up the scant few supplies that Wolf's Tooth was able to spare them after this journey. It's going to be enough to get you to the next closest settlement, but really not enough to live on for a very long time. And that's partially because they were hoping you would be bringing back some supplies that didn't quite make it there. You did bring back more wealth, though, so there are no hard feelings. In fact, there are quite a few excited people who are left over still from that party that happened last night, waving off the Uhuru that took down the civility. Where is everybody as uh, the ship is getting loaded up? Uh, I'm back at the house on the ground, and I slap my cheeks and go, Oh, no, when I realize I've been left behind. And now everybody stay silent. (laughs) And James, you are the wet bandit. Let's do it. (laughs) I'm going to bite these fingers off. Trefalone, too. (laughs) (laughs) Austin Um, Wolf's tooth. Draft is is most likely um, where he always is in the um, bathroom. Bathroom, uh, going. Oh no! <laughs> Draft is the first podcast hero on an actual play that has IBS. Yes, uh, and we're really, really so proud brave. for well this representation. Well represented. No, Draft is in the uh, sick bay, most likely with the captain. There's no one in here to treat right now, but there is a lot in here to clean up, get reorder, reorganize. The the sick bay has seen some heavy use over the last couple of days. Absolutely. Uh, what about Travis? Oh, Tra- uh, Travis is... Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was for Johnny. My bad. Uh, Travis is, uh, you know, as people are loading, he's like helping. And the way he helps is just yelling towards people like, oh, oh yeah. No, no, be careful, be careful. That That's very delicate feather weave. There are people who are very happy to indulge this. You just got a king's ransom for the whole ship. So people are sort of playing along in a way that they normally don't. <laughs> what were those two people that we named? Daisy, Daisy and Fuentes. Fuentes. Yeah, Daisy and Fuentes are currently... <laughs> transporting a large stack of cages full of live chickens and it is like completely unstable and all they need is one other person to sort of stabilize this but the chickens are incredibly frustrated and distraught and bouncing around and making it very difficult for them be careful with that haven't you ever carried a crate of chickens before my goodness 
it's starting to lean like very dangerously. Like the whole thing might spill over. It's and leaning. <laughs> I think they are about to lose this crate uh, as it's like going off the side of the ship, and you can see. Uh, who do you think uh, dislikes you more, Daisy or Fuentes? Fuentes. Fuentes. Yeah, you can see Fuentes glaring daggers at you because Daisy is laughing their ass off at this bit that you're doing, even though at the same time they're potentially losing this crate of chickens. Will someone help these poor people? My goodness. Uh, And I think somebody comes down from the lines above and manages to place a hand on uh, the chicken crate as they sort of manage to rattle it the rest of the way up the gangplank. Thank you, Trunk. What was his name? Trub? Uh, oh, uh... Trub? No, no. Slam. 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 Thank you, Slam. Uh, no problem. <laughs> no problem. Hate <laughs> <laughs> his voice. Where is Jonnet? Um, I feel like Jonnet is, like, off the ship right now. He's kind of close by, but he's, like, chatting with, like, a guy that he met at the bar that was at the bar the other night uh, during the Illimac game. And, like, Jonnet really just took a fancy, a liking to this guy's coat. And so he's, like, they're getting ready to get on board the ship. And Jonnet's like, you know what? No. I've got all this money right now. I'm going to get that coat. So he goes back to the guy. And he's kind of trying to, like, haggle him for, like, how much is it going to take to get this coat that you're currently wearing off your back? It won't even fit you, kid. What are you talking about? I, I'm I'm not I'm not done growing. All right, uh, it's an investment. I want it, I want that coat because I'm gonna fit in it one day. He sighs. He looks you up and down. He looks at the coat. Uh, it's in fairly good condition. Like there are one or two patches, but like it's definitely not at the end of a life cycle. Uh, I think, Tyler, I need you to pull a card to see which season it's going to be because that will determine whether or not they want this coat. It'll also help determine the uh, coat's life cycle. (laughs) Yep. Is it a pupa? The life cycle of a coat. Starts as a jacket. (laughs) When a coat becomes a vest, a coat is almost dead. (laughs) Night of summer. Summer! He's not too attached to this coat right now. It's it's warm out. Uh, it is still summer. Goes, Look, man, you're not you don't like, you're not going to need that coat. Okay, you're you're damn near sweating out of it right now. All right, what do you got on offer, kid? Uh, I'll offer you um, two silver. He squints at it. Let me see it. He pulls out two silver pieces. What uh, do coins look like, or at least the coins that you have? I feel like maybe there might be some sort of differentiation between like old mainland coins mm-hmm. and like coins that were more near the sea when they were press like pressing things and like they had decals that were more sea related. So it's just like it's like wheat. <laughs> yeah, I think there are. I like the idea of that there are much fancier old world coins yeah. and then like in these sort of newer coins that are minted, if they're minted at all, it's essentially like a bar that has been cut up a little bit. So they probably extruded or or cast like a very long silver bar that somebody literally just took an axe to and like mm. weighed wow. um, and stamped into them are like the mark of different settlements. Yeah. So the way that you keep track of transactions is each side of these four-sided ingots can hold the stamp and once the fourth stamp has been spent from it uh, then it's supposed to go back into a treasury and smelt it down so it can begin its life cycle again it's one of the ways they uh, try to deal with theft and track where money's gone it doesn't work super great because those stamps are really easy to replicate but people do their best and speaking of the mark of different settlements if you have to ask who's the mark of my settlement it's you mark Gotcha. (laughs) Okay, I guess we were going to try to save this for later on in the show, but JPC is going to propose to his friend Mark right now. Mark (laughs) Campbell. I'm like thinking to myself, who are we talking about? His name is Mark Campbell. Beautiful boy. Great. Uh, So, yeah, he takes a look. Um, He sees that uh, this coin has only been stamped twice. All right, fine. All right, thank you very much. He takes off his coat and he hands it over to you. John quickly checks the pockets to see if there's anything in those pockets. Eight silver. <laughs> yeah, eight silver. You made a profit. John runs back to the ship. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, what about Gable? Uh, 
I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Would it make more sense for us to have like liquidated a lot of the feather weave and traded it out for like coin and goods, or do you think that we are holding on to so it? So I think you're holding on to it, and like all of it. My reasoning, yeah, mm-hmm. the the sixty percent of the feather weave that you have is right now the community that you're in has. 40% of the share of Featherweave. So as far as trading good, like mm. it's okay. They also don't have a lot of supplies here. Not a lot you'd be able to liquidate it out for. Gotcha. You probably want to find a way to get to a large community mm-hmm. if you can or a place that's near a large community. It might be difficult to go to a large community as a Corsair, but you know. Bad ideas have never stopped us before. That's um, true. So in that case, I think Gable is just checking over like the ship checking on readiness for flight checking to see if there was any damage from our battle with the civility even though there wasn't just kind of doing flight prep and very pointedly being by themselves because they haven't yet had a chance to really think about the things that they've recently remembered you are trying to be by yourself actually hmm. you're, you're pointedly trying to be by yourself but you're noticing that it's difficult because there are people that come to you with questions, people showing you things on manifests. There are people asking you, what are the captain's orders? Oh, dear. Gable notices this and sees that there's uh, a lot of attention being paid that they don't necessarily want. So there's a lot of brushing off and saying, "I'm like, oh, the, the captain uh, thinks you're doing a wonderful job. Keep at it. Um, really? Uh, yes, you... Uh, you hear that? The captain says I'm doing a wonderful job. Not... Uh, well, who? who? The said- captain! Oh, this ship? Captain. This ship of the Uhuru! The guy with the big head. The- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, you know, the wigs a lot, man. Yes, the that's... Captain. That's the captain. You've met him. His name is Captain Oromar. He's not Captain Winks a lot. No, but that's sort of the thing he does a lot. So that's true. That's what I remember him by. Yeah, we all call him Captain Winks a lot. Yes, we do all call each other by the things that we do the most. Like, you're tall man. And you're a real uh, taller person. <laughs> yeah, that's... Also scary. Why oh, are we really? so far away from each other? Are we having a conversation or are we continuing working? You're doing great no matter what. It's all, <laughs> That's all... not really an answer to the question. I mean, but I'll take it. You I'll keep engaging with me. I, I can't tell if I'm supposed to come near to you or continue doing my important keep, keep rigging work. Keep Get back to work. Oh, I, I never oh. stop working. <laughs> all of you. <laughs> And Nodos appears behind Gable, snapping his fingers and planting his spear on the ground. <laughs> the comic scene of shouting has stopped. And Gable, <laughs> you are sort of rubbing your temples because of the, you know, parade of improv bits that <laughs> living improv bits that you share a ship with. But when you close your eyes, you're suddenly lost in a tumbling swirl of bright light. And you get hit with a heavy sense of vertigo. And you have to catch yourself on the banister overlooking the top deck. Are you all right? You know you don't need to hover around me. Perhaps not. It just seemed like you could use more silent company. I appreciate that. I appreciate also your discretion. I would have no cause to talk to anyone of what I saw. Gable puts their arm on Nodos' shoulder in kind of like a uh, nice, cordial, friendly manner, but also with a little bit of a strong grip to show how serious they are, and looks at Nodos in the eyes and says, Are you all right with me? I have seen many strange things, and perhaps you would be the strangest. But I don't talk about those either. Maybe you should. The world is bright and strange. Why not tell the world? Are you asking me to tell everyone no, about what no, I saw? No, no, no. <laughs> is that the beginning of a song? No, I'm trying to be... I don't know. I'm, tell so, I'm trying to be poetic. I don't know. There's. I've, Perhaps there would be questions that I would like to ask you. I might have answers and some I don't. <laughs> there are burning curiosities that come with mortality. Hmm. Perhaps some you might be able to satisfy... I can tell you what I know. 
and I'm sorry to disappoint you that he that is not in. much. Yeah. <laughs> and then he sighs well enough. Ahoy! And he calls out to a group of people moving something, uh, pull, actually pulling up the gangplank as the Uhuru is about to leave port. Um, you can see uh, people like really or uh, untying ropes on the ground and the Uhuru starts to rise as people shovel coal into the furnaces that power the heat that makes the ship rise into the air. There is a little bit of rocking as it comes out of the dry dock that's set up at Wolf's Tooth. You can hear a light clang of the heart deep in the bowels of the Uhuru, and it takes off to the sky. As it takes off, you get hit with another bad spell of vertigo. And this time, as you close your eyes, like the bright light that accompanied the hallucination that you felt before is even stronger. You can feel a sense of confusion, sadness, and perhaps beneath all of that, rage. When you come back to your senses, you are once again leaning heavily on the banister overlooking the top deck. The people around you who have been expecting you to take the wheel, as you had done in the past in Oromar's absence, look at each other uncomfortably. Were you hit at all in that uh, fight? Hit? Oh. (laughs) Yes. Oh, yes. Very badly. Well, you should so go see Drift then. There's no need to be brave and strong for us, Gable. Yeah, he's the best there is. I'm not. Who's the best there is? Gable. Gable's the best there is? No, I think. I thought he was talking about Drift. They were talking about Drift Well, are they talking about a doctor or a driver? I'm not. Um, Yeah, that's true. I didn't specify. (laughs) If I was to specify, I'd say Gable's the best driver. Thank you. I appreciate that. But. Don't if you're you... saying Gable's the best doctor, you're insane! Stop right. your madman! Well, you never gave Gable a Can shot you at doctoring! Can what your no, jobs are? That's true! Are you Gable has be... it and they're short in here! In all fairness, we should get someone injured so Gable can tend to this. No, I will, we'll do. I will not do this. Gable will <laughs> amputate my right arm and Dreff will amputate my left arm. And then... The first one they'll sew it back on. On the other side... <laughs> That, but there's a fire. No, there's a huge fire. Well, but how are we going to test are to see how Drift does flying the ship? You please. It's you, only fair that if Gable's I mean, a better doctor, I mean all of you. If we're going to swap arms, we should be swapping the jobs are as well. Yeah. We are falling very rapidly. Please, I need you to go back to your jobs. We, are, we never start doing our jobs. That's why we're yelling, isn't we, it? We can talk into our jobs. It's uh, the it's expectation is. Cable goes underneath the decks. Where you going? Oh. We were just getting... Well, actually, we were quite off on a tangent. Did I miss the tangent? <laughs> we deny <didn't> you. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Wee! <laughs> Gable goes down to uh, the, the captain's office and opens the door, slams it, and just sort of, like, puts it behind them and sighs like... <sighs> what tableau has Gable entered upon so um <laughs> dref and the captain are both sitting on top of dref's like main table like the table that he the raised table where he examines people um they're both sitting like crisscross applesauce and making unblinking eye contact with each other while dref is like vaguely searching for some sign of something inside of the captain he's not getting anywhere and the captain is under no like orders or coercions he's just staring right back at dref mm-hmm Cold, dead, unblinking, <clears throat> and Dreff is like startled out of. That. I think a fly lands on the side of the captain's face and walks across his eye, <laughs> which snaps you out of it. I think Travis is in there, sitting in a in a comfy chair, feet propped up on something. Take that chair out of this room. <laughs> we do not have this space for it here. Well, it fits. I won't keep it here, but. <laughs> We need the chair for uh, coat rack. What? <laughs> where am I supposed to put my my new coat when I'm not wearing it? Exactly. Oh, that's a nice new coat. No, must eat silver. In must it. everyone Ooh. insist on uh, on using the 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 sick bay for their gatherings? Dreff, this is where you are. We're trying to hang out with you, man. Gable sits down on the floor and starts like going through all of Dreff's 
medicines and things. <laughs> oh, you don't look so good. Are you sure you're okay what? to operate heavy machinery? Uh, I don't. Please, I, and, uh, and be uh, of the utmost care because and your hands are so big. Uh, please. Uh, Gable accidentally breaks a glass. Why? Like, oh. why? Uh, oh, that was my please. favorite one, too. Oh, it, it was pretty beautiful. No more touching what that was all right, very all right, expensive. All right. I don't think they need me up there. They're pretty much handling themselves. It's kind of like a real cycle of tomfoolery upstairs that I really shouldn't insert myself in. I don't, they don't need a straight man is what I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) Who is taking the helm? I've made my instructions. Did you? Yes. We smash cut to slam. (laughs) 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 So you, uh, port is this way, starboard's this way. Sure, yeah. Um, did you have a peanut? Do you have a peanut allergy? What? No. <laughs> okay, goodbye. You can't use that on this podcast. That's true. <laughs> we cut back to the medical quarters. Yeah, everything's fine. Oh. I needed time away. You... Have any of you ever been popular? Every day. Is this, it feels, I don't care for it. How do you handle it? Very well, thank you. Okay. Well... The I don't, risk of sounding rude. You overcome that risk every day. You look awful. Hey, I lost a lot of blood in the fight. Did I, you lose a lot of blood in the fight? I don't remember, honestly. I lost something. You don't have to lie to us, but isn't it fun sometimes? <laughs> no, it's never fun to lie to your uh, uh, doctor. The, 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 I must insist. You're not my doctor. You're uh, my friend. I, I must insist that it, when it comes to uh, 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 your 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 medical uh, history, that you tell me the absolute truth. It is the only way that I will be able to treat you and your specific use case with any sort of uh, expertise. Mm. I was covered in blood. I'm not sure how much of it was mine. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. The heat of battle makes certain blanks in my memory. And as you say memory, it feels like the rest of the room, the people in the room keep talking, but their voices start to sound fainter and fainter, and you hear a roar, like a massive fire, like wind when the ship is whipping its fastest, perhaps through the maelstrom. It's deafening. It drowns all of them out, and that light returns. It overtakes your vision. And when you come to, all three of your friends are staring down at you. Oh, at the risk of sounding rude, you do look even worse. Hey heroes, welcome to the mid-roll. It's James, your game master, and I've got a new advertisement for you. And this one comes to us from the Divisive Issues podcast. Do you like comic books or do you think they're just really dumb? Either way, Divisive Issues is for you. Divisive Issues is a podcast where two comics fans and two non-fans, or just dumb comics from a literary, political, or comedic perspective. Learn how Ben Franklin seduced Dr. Strange's girlfriend, how the Joker became Iran's ambassador, the anti-capitalist Flintstones reboot, the history of eight Captain Marvels, or a manga where the Pope and Putin play Mahjong against Hitler? There's a lot to cover. It's all weird. And you can listen to the Divisive Issues podcast every other Wednesday, wherever you get your podcast, or on franzradio.com. And don't worry, they discuss the books at length so listeners and even the hosts can make sense of the comic book nonsense going on. Folks, I love comics. I also love nonsense. I believe you have a well-documented history of that. So this show sounds just delightful. A huge thanks to Divisive Issues for sponsoring the show this week. Everyone should go check them out. I certainly hope everyone enjoyed the reveal of Gable's official character art last week, because right now, today, you can buy it on a t-shirt in the OneShot store. Just head to bit.ly slash OneShot merch, or follow the TeePublic link from the OneShot site. Last week, some of our listeners got a sneak preview of the official character art for Travis Madigo. 
If you're wondering how they did that, they signed up for the Skyjacks mailing list. You can do that by heading to bit.ly slash skyjackscrew. And I'd advise signing up soon because next Wednesday we're going to be sending out a sneak preview of Dref's character art. Signing up for the mailing list is going to be the best way to get sneak previews of all sorts of goodies, along with information about our upcoming soundtrack album and any potential Skyjacks-themed games. So be sure to head to bit.ly slash skyjackscrew and join the Uhuru. Heroes, recently Jeff from the System Mastery podcast was hospitalized and he did not have health insurance. A couple months ago, he had to choose between insuring himself and insuring his newborn daughter. And he made the decision that any parent would make, which unfortunately means he's left the hospital with a lot of bills he can't pay. If you enjoy his work as much as I do, please head over to bit.ly slash livingmastery and make a donation to help Jeff and his family recover from his bills. It would certainly mean the world to me. Gecko Maniac, thank you so much. Thomas Christopher, thank you. Rebecca Lockhart, thank you so much. Cole Sorensen, thank you very much. Mundangerous, thank you very much. Okay, this is a bunch of capitalized letters. R-W-I-P-T-P-Y-C. I wouldn't know how to pronounce that, but thank you very much. Gumi, thank you so much. I really wish I had a good Homestuck reference to make for Gumi, but I don't. Because it escaped from above. And Ryan Glinsky, thank you so much. Thanks again to all of our backers on Patreon. You help make this show possible. Folks, we are just about $50 a month away from being able to release Binbon and Jubna 2 on the main feed. And that puts us just about $300 away from making Campaign a weekly show again. Folks, I love doing this show so much, and I want the story to move faster. But the only way we can do that is if we raise enough money to pay Casey to edit them. So if you like what you hear and you're not a Patreon backer yet, consider signing up for Patreon because it also comes with fabulous rewards like bonus audio from across our network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. With all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Gable, are you okay? Dref is checking Gable's eyes for responsiveness or light sensitivity to see if Gable is seeing correctly. Dref, when you pull that out, I think you were doing this check probably mid-episode, mm-hmm. and you opened their eyes to perform this check, to look into their eyes and see what was happening. They weren't seizing, they just passed out. Yeah. When you opened the eye, it's as though their iris has been completely eclipsed by their pupil, which has taken over even the whites of their eyes. <laughs> You've never seen anything like it. When you shine a light into it, instead of seeing like the clarity of an eyeball, it's just void. Such a shame. The bottle you broke was the one that would have made you better, too. That's, stop. How how does that make any sense? No, it was lizard feet. What (laughs) happened? Just now you lost consciousness and your eyes were unresponsive? I don't know. May I be frank? Only if I'm still allowed to be dressed. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm no. I'm sorry. The, high, the, the captain holds up a hand for a high five. <laughs> Just not for the time. I cannot believe you trained him to do that. <laughs> when I'm going to speak about my nature, and I need you to be bear with me because I only know about as much as you. Well, then there's no need to talk. I'm having trouble understanding that logic, but I'll Those of us who are here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The fallen. Oh, yes. We don't know anything. Part of what created us 
is the separation from the divine and the removal of knowledge and the removal of everything that used to be our former selves. When we found ourselves on earth as mortal, we piece together our lives. I've never met anyone like me. The only reason I know that I am fallen is from the stories that I've heard. And I never knew how to get that back or what was even missing until I touched that feather. And it feels like a phantom limb is starting to come prickling back. I can't explain it, but I feel sick. Got it! Got it, you in there? Yeah, what, what is it, Spit? Well, it's time for your lesson. Oh, well, I'm kind of busy right now. Can we maybe... You should go. Are you okay? No. No? Oh, I, are you gonna... Be okay. I'm not going to die. I don't know that. I don't know that. I know that. Listen, kid, you want to be a star watcher or not? All right, Spit, I'm coming. Uh, and Spit then... hears that a lot. <laughs> and it's usually sexual, it he yes. says as he opens the door. <laughs> yes, Spit, we, yeah, we know. Yeah, Spit, all right, come on, come on. <laughs> oh, Travis, you're here too. Yes. Good. Okay. You gotta learn quartermastering. Come here. What? Did I stutter? No. That's his job. Spit, who who made you the syllabus master here? Everyone who failed to kill me over the many years I've been on this ship. Is that all it takes? That's all it takes. (laughs) I know how to be a quartermaster. I just uh, check the spreadsheets and make sure that everything is in uh, where the spots. Incorrect. No, so so wrong. You've (laughs) described your duties incredibly wrong. They aren't his duties yet either. Well, there you go. They're usually gables, but, uh... I'm fine. Why does everyone think I'm not fine? Because you look terrible. Wait, are you, you not fine? Out. I'm fine. Tell everyone I'm fine. Spit, everything is fine. Uh, uh, Jonathan, I was do just your saying task that. and Travis, learn how to be a quartermaster. I'm sorry I yelled. <laughs> no, it was necessary. Spit reaches out and he grabs Travis by the ear. Um, How dare you. And he, <laughs> he starts pulling him down. That's my bad the- ear, you <laughs> scoundrel. I don't care. I don't have a good ear between me. What? You heard what I said? <laughs> I guess I did, but it didn't make sense. Well, then you yeah. don't have a bad ear, do you? No, you've got a bad mouth. And it's sexual. Oh. Uh. You walked right into that. <laughs> did, did I? Uh, yes, you uh, did. Spit takes Travis and Jonnet out of the medical bay. Spit um, takes Travis is what they called me when I used mm. to do stand-up. And that was definitely sexual. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sexual. The door closes behind them as it is now just Gable, the captain, and Dreff alone in the room. Have you taken a break? I'm sorry? Have you taken a break? Have you just been working with the captain ever since we left? No, I, I got some rest, and the, the work that I do with the captain is my version of a break. It does relax me. Did Travis tell you what he did while you were sleeping? He did, yes. And I am continuing to monitor the situation. Who is monitoring your situation? There's some... It is okay. There was something in the captain that is not you. There's something powering him while you were asleep. There's no way while you were out of the room that he can focus the way that he did. You're becoming too close to this. How does that make you feel? What? How does it make you feel to not understand something that is happening? To watch something unfold without any control over it? It frightens me. I'm concerned for you. It should frighten you. It's a terrifying thing. What's your What's your point? I'm telling you to be careful, and yet you choose not to. Knowledge cannot be severed. It cannot be cut off. What we know, we will always know. What you know, or what you knew, you still know. I can't. There's it no way. It comes back to you in flashes, because that connection is still there. I don't want it. Whatever was there caused me to be this half-being, to be this monster. Close your eyes. Why? Please, indulge me. Close your eyes. Hmm. 
when it's quiet, when there is nothing else? What do you feel? Do you feel absence? Do you feel something missing? Reach out to that feeling. Try your best to connect with it. What is Gable seeing in their mind's eye as they're being guided through this meditation? They see, more they feel, cold and wetness rushing past them. The feeling of falling and realizing with wave upon wave that, like a child who has never felt anything before, realizing what these chemicals inside them are telling them and what feelings actually mean and realizing above all for the first time ever that they're feeling pain and as a great wall of blue comes rushing up towards them the desire to be removed from that pain by dying We cut over to Travis, Jonnet, and Spit. Outside the door with little cups against yep, their cups ears. Right and they're <laughs> stacked on top of each other. Scooby-Doo style. Um, whoop, whoop, whoop. They have been taken into the second deck of the ship, which I guess we decided is the tech deck. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, no. <laughs> that what we decided? Well, that's what JPC decided. <laughs> So this is where there is a lot of storage in this ship. Usually it's like supply storage. There are a few oil lanterns that are up on the walls. There's some activity here, but you notice like this area has been very renovated. Windows that are on most ships for cannons have been reinforced and boarded over as in the later days of the Uhuru, um, before the calamity that brought you all together, the captain had decided a revolutionary new tack, which involved a much lighter ship and much fewer cannons. The money that you got selling those cannons is one of the things that managed to keep you going these six months. But the storage area here is fairly spare. There's an open table that has a bright oil lamp over it that spit leads you to, Jonnet. Travis, he guides you to the rest of the room as well. All right. Both of you want important responsibilities on the ship, or at least Jonnet wants them. You're going to have to have them. Yes, that's the impression that I am under. So first up, Jonnet, mm-hmm. you got your sextant? No, what? Your sextant? Yes. All right, whip it out. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, uh, what so, sex tender? You happen to see me? <laughs> what he's referring to is a navigation device that helps you chart the positions of celestial bodies. Oh, okay. um, we'll just take that whole thing again. <laughs> just, let, just let him describe it. This is James's maritime. What? teaching out. <laughs> so it, it is something that's usually made of brass. It's sort of like a compass. It has an arc to it. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I know. And, and it has a little viewfinder as well. Yeah. Uh, and it's something that you'd use to chart the various positions of stars. Uh, spit. Yeah, I've got the sextant, but how am I supposed to use it to chart anything when we're below deck? Well, that's part of what we're going to be learning. Yeah, you're right. We're below deck, and also it's day out right now, so you're not going to be yeah. able to see any stars. But it's still your <laughs> job, he puts a finger on Jonnet's chest, mm-hmm. to know where they are. Well, how am I supposed to do that if I haven't even seen them to begin with? Like, I don't even know which direction we're heading right now. Spit takes off his hat and he uh, sort of... Uh, yeah. Your brain! <laughs> and his, he's got exposed brains. An old scientist built me. <laughs> I'm never gonna die! Um, I'm going to kill And he places the, uh, the hat over his chest and sort of looks solemn. I hate to tell you, boy, you're gonna do math. <laughs> what? And as for you... Oh, oh, no, I am not doing math, thank you. Mm-hmm. You are most certainly going to do math. (laughs) You are going to have to learn how to decide who gets what on the ship, because I don't know that we've got enough food to make the journey, and it's up to you to explain it to everybody in a way that doesn't piss them off. I'll just tell them that times are tough, and uh, we might need to forego a meal or two. Yes, 
But you are also going to be gambling, aren't you? What do you mean? I mean, I see that Illimat box. I know what you're going to use it for. Going to be what you used it for back when we were betting the whole thing. You're going to be winning back any food that you were missing, and you're going to eat great. And if you're going to be the quartermaster, which, believe me, everyone on the crew is pushing for after that stunt that you just pulled. Wasn't much of a stunt, really. A stunt implies risk, and there was no risk that I was going to lose. Uh. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> It's not a mutiny, but there's going to be a coup of sorts. The well, isn't that kind of the same thing, but just one is on a boat? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up and listen to spit. Yeah, Travis, you just shut up. <laughs> Gable mm-hmm. is going to be at the wheel okay. for the time being. All right. And Gable mm-hmm. used to have the job of telling people when they could and couldn't eat what they got to take out of their share of treasure and what they didn't get to take sure, out. Sure, and I heard them uh, say that stuff a thousand times. I could repeat it in my sleep. Hmm, but Gable has a particular way of doing it and ain't going to work for you, Travis, because I know you. And when Gable says that people can't eat, Gable doesn't eat. Well, that's quite foolish of them. <laughs> Look at this, Travis. He whips back some, I guess, canvas that was over a bunch of barrels. These are the potatoes that we have. Now, some of these have probably gone bad. We've been coasting on these potatoes for a long time. Mm. That's it. That's all we got. And the closest place that we're to is is probably about a week away. And if we're lucky, we can make this last three days. Well, then I'll just ask Abel to fly a little faster. <laughs> We ain't got enough coal for that, do we, Travis? So we'll burn the potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, it is fortunate that you two happen to be together because you are going to have to know how much fuel and food it's going to take us to get to our new location, and you are going to be responsible for us getting there on time because you're going to tell us which way to go. All right, uh, can I go above deck and just when, when the sun goes down, at least? Yes, of course you oh, can. Okay. But we need the heading now. Uh, uh, should I roll for something? Roll, 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 <laughs> roll, yeah. roll. Um, so let me take. We a look have not this. even brought out dice. Right, We've been recording all, for forty-five minutes. The dice are so. I brought out dice. Hey. Don't you throw your dice at me. Yeah, well, we'll just call it navigation or star watching. Star, we'll call it star watching. That's yeah. right. We've changed out one of the official skills. This oh. system is really coming together. Fuck for you, us. Genesis. Okay, I'm, I'm changing it on my sheet. And we do watching. mean the band, not the role playing game. No, I'm, I'm going to say game. fuck Genesis, the role playing game. And the band. I, I'm okay with Genesis, but fuck Phil Collins. Yeah, there you know what? Yeah. Go. I'm okay with Phil Collins, but fuck in the air tonight. <laughs> Honestly, agreed. Fucking in the air tonight. <laughs> So if I just upped my intelligence to three, would that give me an extra green in the dice pool? Yes. Yes, All right. And am I rolling anything in particular? Star watching that I wish you saw. You are going to be rolling against a difficulty of two purple dice. Uh, Spit just like, you've got to tell us where where our heading is. And John's like, okay. He immediately looks down and rolls his dice. Rolls his (laughs) dice. Now these are advantages and these are disadvantages. Yeah, so you didn't get any successes, but you did get one advantage. Yes, I got one advantage uh, with zero successes. The advantage is he uh, finds a potato that wasn't accounted for. You know (laughs) exactly, uh, like you, you look at the map and it is a map of all charted areas mm-hmm. of the world that the Uhuru knows of. Maps are secrets, essentially. Captains are issued maps with orders in the Red Feather Syndicate of where they need to go. Mariner captains are somewhat desirable on ships because they used to know all of their own maps. The Red Feather Syndicate, though, in raising their captains, doesn't want to raise anyone who could run off and take their skills and become a Corsair. So actual places that exist in the world are 
happened across through happenstance or rumor or, you know, you even have to buy information to locations. The map beneath you that you've studied over that Spit has been helping you study over for mm-hmm. a long time is fairly robust. This is Oromar's map that he's put in all the locations that he knows of, uh, at least publicly. Oh, OK, so this is not this is not the map that John had started out his adventuring on. This is a different map. Got it. Well, John, has like his own map in yeah. his hand. He can take it out and compare the two and yeah. just see how many more places there are, how much more landmass there is. Yeah. Um, but looking over these maps, you do notice there is another settlement. Spit wanted you to chart a course to a city that's like relatively far away. However, there is a smaller settlement that appears on your map that doesn't appear to be on the larger map. Um, what about this? Um, I got this map from, uh, an old friend of ours, my family hip. Um, he used to do a lot of adventuring and I think that there's a a settlement where we might be able to uh, stock up on some supplies before we even have to get to the, uh, the main, uh, village. Well, let me take a look at that. And he looks at the map with you. Well, come on. There are a lot of mountains in the way. What is this? Shank Hill? Well, I, I I've always trusted Hip. He knows what he he knows what he's doing. He always brought back the best gifts, so he was always going around from coast to coast all over the, the mainland. When Spit mumbles the name Shank Hill, I think you probably have been there before. Mm. Uh Travis, wanna give me a knowledge roll of some variety? Oh, I'd love to. Adventuring or geography? I think or I think lore. What are you best at? I'll tell you what, I'm the same at all of them. Yeah, I think um, probably adventuring or lore. I don't think Travis is a great student of geography. Sure. Uh, could I have another green? And then how? Yeah. what's the difficulty? Difficulty on this is just going to be one purple. Okay. That's a success one, Success right? with a threat. So you know Shankill. <laughs> You've actually been there within the past, like, 15 years or so. It is a small kind of outpost trading town that uh, is mostly like a skyjack place. It's a good place to get a ship repaired. Actually, pretty good place to get resupplied. The only issue is that uh, there's a warrant out for your arrest the last time you were there. For Travis's arrest? Not for Travis's, but your looks haven't changed that much. Well, why would you? I mean, you nailed it on the first try, right? (laughs) (laughs) And if not, it was good in the rabbit or the coyote (laughs) after that, so. Jonathan, I've got a question. How many potatoes away is Shankill from here? That's your job to know. Me? Yes! I don't know the distance. I'm not a star watcher. I'm a potato master. (laughs) You asked it to be measured in potatoes, though. Well, yes. You mean like the distance of one potato on the map, like a ruler? Jonathan, I'm not a maniac. What I mean is how many potatoes would it take to eat for us to get there? Uh, I, I, I feel like it's, your job. it's a two-day flight. You. A two-day flight. It's a two-day flight. Great. And say if you had to guess how many people are on the ship. Uh, at this point right now, we're currently on our ship. Uh, I'd say... Uh, 40 people. <laughs> Is that? 30 people. Higher? That's close. Okay. 50? Great. I'm going to say 25 people. Great. And if you had to guess how many potatoes the average person eats in a day, um, that's probably around... I mean, if we're rationing it, like, I would say like three to three, three to four potatoes. Great, and three to four potatoes times 25-ish people is... Oh. Are you making me do your job? No, you're doing it pretty pretty readily <laughs> on your own. Janet is not going to tell people that they are on a one-potato-a-day diet. That is going to be you, Travis. Well, 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 it's only two days away, and you said we had enough potatoes for three days, so it sounds like everyone kind of gets to eat a few extra potatoes. <laughs> Maybe that worked for you this time. (laughs) But it's not going to keep working for you. Well, we'll see. I don't like the way this vote is going to go. A hundred potatoes. We are 25. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah. For all you do. Fine. Fine. You're doing a good job with your star watching. You just keep that up, okay? All right. And you. Uh Uh-oh. Ugh. Sky Jackson.
we return once again to the audition table of the Uhuru, and we see a new person approaching. Uh, they have dark, slick-backed hair and appear to be wearing a very stylish pinstripe suit. He puts down a crumpled piece of paper that is his resume and headshot and moves over to the stool and sits on it, bridging his fingers under his nose, looking very intensely at Dref. Um, oh, uh, well, well, welcome to the um, audition process. Yeah, thanks. Well, your, your name is? Jimmy Two Hands. Is Two Hands your given surname or is this a nickname? No, it's a nickname, a pseudonym. Oh, okay. They what call you... me that on account of my two hands. Well, oh, wow. that's yes. not really a unique or defining characteristic. Do you use the two hands in a f- fun, cool way? I can use these two hands to preternaturally be gifted at any task that requires the use of both hands. Oh, well, that's... Okay, so this is a task that requires the use of both hands it's not like writing a letter you wouldn't be preternaturally gifted at that no in fact it's the other way with that if i have to use one hand no good at it can't do it at all there are not i think in the course of my day the number of tasks that require one hand far outweighs the number of tasks that require two let let me try let me put this to the test Uh, mm, how much weight can you bench press Oh, I can bench press five, six hundred pounds. And how much weight can you curl? I would drop the weight on my <laughs> okay, foot. Yes, it seems. Yes, yes. Wow. I feel like I get the pattern here. Um, if anyone else would like to test mm, the pattern. Oh, uh, uh, say we have a pizza night and someone needs to throw the dough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could throw the dough. I could do tricks with it. Um, you would have that pizza ready in five minutes, and I'd put on like a hibachi-style show with the pizza crust. <laughs> but then, weird when you eat when you eat the pizza. And we only use uh, uh, the folding method of eating pizza, the the Italian way, I suppose. I don't know what Italian is. I'm very tired. I uh, You'll notice uh, one of my eyes is scarred up real good. That's where a hot pizza cheese has struck me in the eye before as I've <gasps> tried to put a piece of pizza in my mouth and instead hit my face. And I say that you're in the audience of a show at sure. the end of the show. When you want to show your appreciation, you would perhaps I would uh, I would lead the applause. Great. Yeah. And say you were in the show and you wanted to uh, tell someone else they did a good job and uh, take one of their hands and smack it against one of yours up top style. I did not know. Where yeah, I didn't you know where you were going with that. I was about to say well, I would applaud again. It's like <laughs> clapping for two. But, you know. No, in that in that instance, I I have broken more than one mm-hmm. nose, just kind of missing yours or someone else's. Um, you know, take your pick, really. <laughs> well, you're, you're, As you can see, my nose is kind of fucked up and messed up because I have struck myself in the face mm. with my own hand. You have to understand that while your two-handed skills are impressive, you are that precludes you from doing quite a few things that we're going to need you to do around the ship. Hey. Just like any potential employee, I come with benefits and weaknesses, okay? We do not have a benefits package, so that's a kind of... Typically, we do ask potential employees to bring their own benefits. Uh, We do not do medical, dental, uh, or or paid uh, uh, time off. Yes, Uh, this is a BYOB ship. Although the paternity leave is very, very good. Bring your own benefits (laughs) ship. (laughs) So we do, yes, we do ask that you bring your own vision policy. Okay, I'm I I don't, I'm not interested in medical policies or any of that. I okay, am well, you're just, the one who brought it up. It's also I, kind of a shitty thing. To I can hear be when an asset of the crew. I can be an asset of the crew. How many things on a ship require two-handed precision? I can only hmm. think of, quite ironically, a handful. There you go. Okay. Those those are done. So, That's not even a question. I have a uh, Jimmy uh, Two Hands is on it. Jimmy, He's got two hands. Jimmy Two Hands. Is that your catchphrase? <laughs> It could be. Sure. I'd be open to it. Do, uh, could you sew a shirt with that catchphrase onto it? Absolutely. That would require more than one hand. 
let me ask you this, and this is a bit of a semantics argument, but if you're steering a ship, that's mm-hmm. obviously a two-hand uh, exercise. Yeah, two-hand job, for sure. If you're raising a sail, it's a hand-over-hand exercise. Where do you, do you fall on the line of things Ooh, yes, that require you to use one hand, then take it off quickly and use another hand? So when I would, in a situation like that, uh-huh. I put both of my hands on the rope, I pull it very quickly, and before it can go slack, I reach out and grab it again. Mm. Because I am preternaturally gifted with two hands, that's not too hard for me. So it seems like in a lot of instances, you could just use two hands in the way that you are supposed to use one hand. I'll be honest with you. A good portion of my day is devoted with thinking through, how do I turn this one hand task into a two hand so task? So really, you're just kind of following the letter of the law and not, not really... Uh, what's the rest of that? The spirit. The spirit of the law. Thank you. if you take a dump and you know you've got to wipe yourself, Mm -hmm. you know that you're going to make a royal mess of it if you just try to do it with one hand. (laughs) So you would think of a way to use some sort of seesaw, back and forth, two-hand wiping method. I do, yes, yes. I do try to do that, and it works because I'm preternaturally gifted Gifted, at it. One thing that you'll find if you've been around... As long as yes, I have. famous for wiping. Yeah, for wiping with two hands. <laughs> and how long is it that you've been around, Jimmy? Oh, well, I've been doing uh, skyjacking for, uh, you know, 20 years Ooh, or so. So okay. I've been in this business a while. And you'll notice you'll encounter people who have really impressive strengths yes. and really kind of silly and, and non sequitur weaknesses. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And what I found is you got to minimize those weaknesses and maximize those strengths. And that's exactly what I've done. I'll be honest a weakness that i just thought of is kind of using the word skyjacks as a verb not a fan speaking of that i can't stop thinking about it and i'm thinking about uh jimmy two hands and how you even how would you even achieve well i think with two skyjacking i suppose but i'm not familiar is that a a, a technique usually you need two hands to skyjack because while one hand is holding you onto the ship uh and well, you're hanging off the edge. The other hand is doing the mm, uh, mm, skyjacking, as it were. We all are using the same operational definition of skyjacking, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. It's akin to like choking yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a thrill. It's for the rush of it. Not that I would know. It's not one of my particular fetishes. I'm just well studied. I went to university. <laughs> no, keep going. Everyone's looking at me. Uh, 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 Listen, folks, I'll say this. If this isn't going to work out, I can just take off. Oh, it's not. Absolutely not. No, it feels far too complicated. We actually (laughs) hired for this position like four days ago. (laughs) We just really wanted to see your deal. We honestly, your resume said you'd wear a suit and none of us have seen a suit before. I'm very impressed and I'm frightened by what you wear. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at CampaignPod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Like Modifier. Modifier is an interview show hosted by Megan Dornbrock, all about why and how people change games. From the hobbyist to the professional, from house rules to publication, we all have in mind a better way to play. What's yours? You can find Modifier on iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter at Tyler A. Dave, on Mainstage with Second City, or at IO with Devil's Daughter. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or at Comedy Sports Chicago with the One Woman No Show. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who could be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. Dref Wormwood was played by John Patrick Cohen, who can be found on Twitter at JPSoFly, on stage at IO with Devil's Daughter, or on his podcast, Hey Riddle Riddle. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y-P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea. 
who can be found on Twitter at Fiona Pup. The World of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The role-playing game used for this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system published by Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky We watched Must Love Dogs, and we just had a great time. Then we watched You've Got Mail, and it didn't hold up the way we thought it did. Um, It's a lot of AOL. Which is unfortunate because Tom Hanks was there. Anyway, while your character, he was there in the movie. This is the part where I emailed Meg Ryan. Uh, (laughs) Um... And he just he just narrated what was happening. He didn't give us any trivia. No. He just told us the things that we could plainly say. Now she owns a, a small bookstore, and I work for a big bookstore. Right? That's the plot? yes. Okay, I, that's I, him saying right. That's the plot as well. <laughs> right? He, he mis- yeah. He's just him misremembering the movies that he's in. <laughs> this is the part of the movie where I thought it would be funny if I said I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> not Tom Hanks. Not the same movie. Not even a male saying that line. Old woman saying that line. Well, yeah, that's why I thought it would be uh, funny. If yeah. it would be a, a callback to a different, different movie. movie. They didn't let me do it. I just wanted. <laughs> they let me do it for twenty-five takes. <laughs> Tom Hanks Tom, is a we're bastard. Not even in a restaurant, stop and just say the line. <laughs> I okay, want to live this. I'll do it this time. And in this scene, I'll have did... what she's having. That's the thing. In Apollo 13, he did that. In <laughs> Big, he did that. <laughs> there was a whole 20 minutes of uh, Saving Private Ryan when I was just doing lines <laughs> from Runaway Bride. <laughs> oh, everyone got so mad at me. <laughs> Still are. Still in a fight. Tom Hanks, not very popular. Okay. Take control of your table.